How's it South Africa? And thanks for listening to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. Welcome to episode 247. I'm your host, Donumdu. Georgette Pius knew early on that a career in science, which ultimately led to agricultural science and research, was her calling. As a junior researcher in animal breeding genetics and reproductive physiology at the Agricultural Research Council, she joins us in this edition to share some advice. She joins us in this edition to share some advice for new and developing agriculturalists, specifically for livestock producers. We also get to know the woman behind her research and some inspiration for others who wish to follow in her footsteps. Georgette, thank you so much for joining me on Farmers Inside Track. It is such a pleasure to be able to connect with you and find out a little bit more about your journey within agriculture, a bit of an inspiring story for others who may want to follow in your footsteps, and just more about the work that you're doing within Agri. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, I usually like to start with just a bit of background, growing up years, some favorite childhood memories that maybe you'd like to share. And as I understand that you grew up in Durban, what was that like? So to start off from my side, personally, my mother always described me as a very hyper and happy child because I was quite upbeat all the time. I just boiled that down to eating a lot of sugar. I would say that I was very creative and curious. We did not have a lot growing up, though I did have whatever I needed. So I made do with what I had. I passed excess time creating things or learning about something new, even if they did not mean anything or make any sense. I grew up in a very loving, stable home. Both my parents were very attentive to me throughout my childhood. My siblings, my sister and my brother were also very supportive when I needed them. Uh, We fought as kids usually do, but nevertheless, they were always there for me, even up until today. They still have my back. One of my favorite memories while growing up is when my family and I would get together and enjoy a trip to the beach as we lived nearby. I always cherish those moments as I'm always grateful that I grew up around such stability and family unity. I look back at those days as a reminder that I will always have support in my family and they're always there if I need them. One other very fond memory I'd like to share is from when I was 10 years old. I found an injured pigeon at school, took it home. My parents were very helpful. They assisted me in building a mini clinic out of an old shoebox. I nursed it for about a week and took it to school with me until I realized I am no vet. Then decided to take it into the Wildlife Society, which was a center near our home, in order for them to help it further and release it back into the wild. I named the pigeon H. Ventura from the Jim Carrey movies. And this made me realize how much I love animals and it piqued my interest more into the subject of science and biology. It sounds amazing. I love how there's like a very specific memory and story that connects you to your scientific background and agriculture ultimately. Do you think that this was definitely the point where you're like, okay, I definitely want to go into this career? I mean, you were 10 years old at the time, you know, usually at that point, you don't really know what you're going to do with your life. Or if we say things that we kind of think we want to do, but then we never really end up doing that towards the end. But this definitely was a kind of light bulb moment for you, I guess. Yes, it was definitely a turning point in my early childhood, definitely. No, for sure. It sounds really cool. And I think it's definitely something that many maybe identify with in their childhood. You obtained a BSc in agriculture in 2015 at the University of South Africa. Maybe you can talk about, you know, some of your 
some of this journey and what it was like for you. Did people question you stepping into this career or were they very supportive of you choosing agriculture? Yes, my family was very supportive of me choosing this career. My family, you know, especially my parents, they always felt that education is very important. For me, as most scientists would say, I wanted to be a vet at first. (laughs) Truly, I did. My favorite animals are dogs. So to be honest, becoming a vet demanded a lot of discipline and focus because I had none of that in my early 20s. I decided to take an alternate route, which would still allow me to study animals. This is when I came across UNISA and the Faculty of Agriculture. One of the degrees they offered was a BSc in agriculture with an opportunity to become a researcher in plants or animal science. I feel maybe if I did not pursue my passion for learning about animals and studying biology, etc., I might not have ended up where I am today. That is, I might have maybe become a teacher, but perhaps not a very good one. I don't have much patience, but who knows? No, definitely. It sounds like your pathway was almost set out way in the beginning with this love of animals. And as I understand it, you started your career as a volunteer at the Animal and Dairy Science Research Institute in Atirini in 2014. Maybe you can talk us through just some of this journey and maybe some of your experience within the sector and more of the highlights, you know, of this career that you've undertaken. What do you love most about what you do? So I started at the Agricultural Research Council in 2014, in June. It was a bit tough because I started in the winter period and I wasn't used to being out in the fields in a very tough climate, you know, because Durban is very warm. You know, they say Durban has a swinter, which is a mixture of summer and winter. So (laughs) it was quite a challenge for me. Um, But I started off at the dairy unit. I was actually a volunteer. So I just had finished my Bachelor of Science degree and I was looking to do some experiential training. I managed to get through to the ARC and my duties basically included cleaning the pens, assisting the vet with treatments of the dairy cows with ailments, caretaking of the newborn calves. I thoroughly enjoyed this work and one of the highlights I will never forget was when I was involved in assisting a cow having calving difficulty. This was the moment again that I realized I would like to pursue a career as an animal scientist. And my main interest was now fertility, specifically looking at reproductive biotechnology. So I worked my way into becoming an intern at the ARC, though my career took a little bit of a turn. And now the focus is more on applied breeding and genetics, looking at the effects of climate change on beef production specifically. I would still, however, like to do more research on fertility, though, in the near future. One of the things I enjoy about being a scientist is helping farmers with their production and making farmers more aware about crossbreeding, as crossbreeding is also a major part of my research area now. I think it's amazing how you were able to start out at one point and then progressing through your career and research and work within the sector. And so often other women that I've spoken to on this podcast within the industry will talk about some of the challenges that they face specifically because of their gender identity. Was this all part of your experience in the work that you've been doing over the past few years? And has it ever been an issue for you or has it always just been easy going through it, working hard, commitment from your side, or was it a challenge for you as well? From my personal experience, overall, no. I have not particularly had any challenges with regards to my gender. There are some challenges, but I felt it was easily overcome. If anything, the ARC itself has established the importance of having more female scientists developed in South Africa. 
As a young female scientist right now, if I may, I would like to use this opportunity to encourage and urge younger females who might have interest in agricultural sciences and related disciplines to study hard. Never allow gender to hold you back. There are many opportunities and avenues open for you now more than ever. So please do use them. Now is your time. Thank you so much. You've in part actually answered my next question, which is specifically to focus on what advice would you have to other young girls or women who wish to follow in your footsteps? You know, and I think here we can specifically follow or focus on girl children in rural communities who might not even know that a career within agri-science is a possibility for them. Yes, I myself, look, I did not grow up in a wealthy household. We were average people. The schools I attended were governmental schools. I was, however, assisted by my family to a certain extent to study further until I could find my own feet in the working environment. This is where I obtained opportunities and bursaries under the ARC as well as the NRF, the National Research Foundation, to carry out postgraduate studies. In terms of advice, if I could say, especially to younger and girl children, it's always hard to stay focused, but try. Try to stay focused on your goals. Stay determined. It may not be easy, I know, but it is never impossible. Allow yourself time to rest. Allow yourself time to fail. Allow yourself time to grow and get better at whatever you decide to pursue, but never give up. As I mentioned before, there are many opportunities waiting for you. There is always, always an alternate route. If you really want to find a way, you will not take no for an answer. Sacrifice the four to five years to study, work hard, especially when you are younger, early 20s. It will definitely pay off in the long run. I can attest to that. Thank you, Georgette. I think you're loving proof of that. And I'm so happy to be able to talk with you and share a part of your story. And I want to maybe focus specifically a little bit now on your current research which is on climate-smart beef production systems for the adaptation of global warming, climate mitigation strategies, as well as resilience to climate change. And if you allow me, I'd like you to maybe share some advice for livestock producers. Do you have like some areas that they can focus on, something specifically that you can share with them based on your research? Basically, here, what I do at the ARC because I'm still in the developmental phase of my career, trying to finish my PhD. I'm also a junior researcher. I do research with regards to climate smart agriculture. We're looking at developing early warning systems for farmers, where we have early warning systems in place in terms of weather data and how farmers can mitigate or increase their production for more profit. With the climate change that's happening now, heat stress affects animals. It affects their growth, their production, everything, their muscle quality, if you have a dairy farm, their milk quality, milk yield, etc. So we look into all that. We use data. We use a lot of data from stud farmers, stud breeders, beef commercial sectors, etc. We run the data, we run the numbers, and then we use these numbers in a practical sense. We try to recommend to farmers, look, if you use these two breeds together, instead of maybe just sticking to the purebreds, you might have a way to increase your production and then also increase your profits. For me, I use indigenous breeds. So I'm currently working with the indigenous Afrikaner, the the Bonsmara and the Nguni. And we're also crossing them with the Afrikaner, Bonsmara and Nguni, as well as Angus and Simmentala. So right now I'm looking at about 12 different crossbred beef cattle genotypes. And I'm looking at how heat stress specifically, because South Africa is getting hotter, the Southern Hemisphere is getting hotter due to climate change, due to global warming. 
So we're looking at how heat stress and heat waves, especially during summer, may affect their growth, may affect their production, may affect their fertility, all these different factors. We currently also have a GrowSafe system that runs at the ARC. It's one of a kind in South Africa. This GrowSafe system came from Canada. It was actually obtained under the NRF as well, under their national equipment scheme. And this was installed at ARC in 2017. So currently what the system does is it has the bull calves, winner calves in the system, and it actually records in real time their feed intake, their feeding behaviors, how much they eat at a time, how long they stay at the feeding troughs for, their different behaviors. Perhaps if an animal is sick, it will flag on the system, an animal hasn't eaten, maybe its average has dropped as compared to the average of the group. You know, we look at all of this and we're currently running the data to see how different genotypes actually respond to heat stress in the system. So this is one of the things we can use as, you know, digital transformation, advanced technological implementation into agriculture to actually assist farmers, you know, not just the beef commercial farmers, but to also show, you know, small scale farmers as well. Look, if you cross an Nguni with an Afrikaner, you can get this kind of muscle quality, this kind of meat quality, your production goes up, your growth grows up. You know, there's a lot of different benefits to crossbreeding. So that's the main parts of my work. In terms of tip for new farmers, as you've asked, the first would be for to look at cattle farming management. Attend courses. They are offered by the ARC. Get into contact with your provincial agricultural extension officers. They are there to assist you. Don't hesitate to contact them for, for learning about cattle management, learning about breeding, farming, trying to start up. Also, the affordability of breeding animals, especially bulls. Keep in mind that some breeds demand higher prices on the market. It is good to keep it simple and start small, then work your way up. So looking at availability and reliability of performance test data, it's also important, as well as breeding values. This is also important in terms of genomic selection. You would naturally desire to use animals with sound genetics. Also consider the average performance of the breed with regards to their traits for your specific circumstances or your specific environment where your farm is placed. Uh, maybe if you want to look at meat quality, muscle, growth, fertility, also resilience to ticks as well as diseases. The size of the genetic pool and variation of the breed is also important. Expanding your herd with limited genetic options can be problematic in the long run. And just a bonus tip, find out about the availability and quality of the breeding bulls in your area. Consider buying a bull, like buying a car. Wouldn't you want to buy a vehicle which is roadworthy? It is exactly the same for a bull. Absolutely amazing. I love those tips, Georgette. And I think you know, I can't wait to have you join us on Food Film Zanzi's Gather to Grow on Twitter Spaces because I think all of this information is so vital. And I know that our farmers will eat it up <laughs> on that no. track. And I'm so grateful that you're able to share it even here on Farmers Inside Track. Thank you so much for your time. As we wrap up, I usually like asking this question because you kind of get to reflect and you can maybe, you know, listen to it in 10 years time and, and think about back on, on this period of your life. And that is to leave yourself a message, you know, from five years ago. And then if you're listening to this podcast in 10 years time, inshallah, what would you say to your future self? I would keep the message to myself short and sweet. Keep going. Do not stop now. It really has been a pleasure to get to know you, Georgette Pius, junior researcher in animal breeding genetics and reproductive physiology at the Agricultural Research Council. 
everything of the best with the work that you do day to day to advance agricultural practice and contribute to food security in the country. You can, of course, read more on this on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Donumdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.